right, and here we go on a Monday night. I'm starting to get excited. It's time for Iron Sports. True Oldies Channel, I'm Mike Balsamo. Great show on tap for you once again. Ira's in studio, but Ira, you had a nice little week. You took a trip across the uh, state. Where you been? Well, just drove to Tampa last yesterday for the game. Watched all the 1 o'clock games at a, at a sports, great sports bar there. Just had every single game at 1 o'clock games. And then went over to Tampa State at Raymond James Stadium at 4 o'clock for the game. Parked the car, walked around. It was great atmosphere. Weather could have been more perfect. I mean, certainly the victims of Hurricane Ian and, and everyone's dealing with it. But I do think I'm glad they played the game. I know a lot of people, they said, look, our this was potentially the landing spot. Yeah, yeah and they, but a lot of people came to the game and said, look, we had damage at our house, but this was a nice respite from the stress and everything. So I think it's good that they were able to at least play the game there. And and uh, then I went into the went into the game and saw it and drove back right after the game. So it was a pretty late night after the game <laughs> and watching because these games end pretty late. And I got, if you go on Iron Sports on Instagram, I'm walking out and I saw the Chiefs. This is unlike any other city. It was like a, almost like a high school football game. They, they parked the buses of the visiting team out outside the stadium. So Mahomes, Kelsey, and everything, they're walking on a bus, like That's a normal weird. bus. You get on the bus, you can take <laughs> pictures, all the Chiefs fans are around it. It was pretty cool, so I got some cool videos. One neat thing about it, we're gonna talk about Patrick Mahomes and all the crazy plays he made. He could saw him, he got on the bus, he gets his, someone's showing him on their phone, or whatever, the play, like you could see, it's probably one of the plays, and he's like laughing, and they're all <laughs> looking at the plays. Like, like you're a bunch of high school kids, or, or junior high kids, and someone did a video of a great play, and he's as excited, I mean, that's what I love. Guy has a $450 million guaranteed contract. He's the richest player in the history of football. And he's excited. He gets on a bus and he can't look. You know, they're talking. They're having a good time talking about all the plays. Watching him. Yeah, it's like watching a kid in a candy shop. It just his jovial attitude on top of being fantastic at what he does. And we'll talk more about the game uh, in just a minute. Don't forget, as Ira said, you can follow me anywhere on social media at Ira on sports. Two guests today, Ira. Up first at 730, it's going to be Kyle Eckel. Tell us about Kyle. Kyle played at the Navy Naval Academy, and then he went to played for a little bit for a couple of years with the New England Patriots. So we're going to get some insight into what's happening with with Belichick and the Patriots. He also was on Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia. So considering Philadelphia's in the news, everybody's talking about the Eagles. I think it'd be cool to have him, who is an expert sort of on the Patriot and Belichick. Look, if you turn on TV anywhere. Every expatriate, it seems like, is on ESPN, Fox, or whatever. Like that should be like the standard: is you got to be an expatriate <laughs> to be on the radio, on the TV. And then uh, we're gonna have Rodney Orr from Tider Insider on. We've had him on before; great guest. He'll join us at seven forty-five. Yes, Alabama back number one in the country. Rodney is the expert on Alabama. Uh, we questioned whether Bryce Young, their Heisman Heisman Trophy winner last year, got injured in the game against Arkansas this past week. They have a supposedly big game against Texas A&M. It's gonna be on prime time on CBS this week, but uh, we'll. We'll see if Bryce Young is playing that game. So let's go back to Thursday night. And this was maybe one of the most talked about events I've seen injury-wise ever. This was a really big deal over the past couple of days. Talking about Tua Tagovailoa and what happened. Let's revisit this one as Miami... We thought that they had a real shot to win this game. Obviously, Tua you know, didn't finish the game. Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good, but Cincinnati still just overpowered them and, and got the win. I think it's one of those questions on a Thursday night. We talk about this again and again and again. Team 
winning a tough game on Sunday against Buffalo, emotional win, great win, and then going on the road to play, it's tough to go on Thursday when you have no practice. And I think Miami, by the end of the game, just was too tired and couldn't hang in there. But I guess the issue is certainly about Tua. Tua was injured in the Buffalo game. There's he. Everyone looked on TV when he got hit. I thought it looked like he was had a concussion. He stood up, fell down, watched enough football to know that it was probably a concussion. Like he claims it was a back injury. Uh, went in the time when I didn't I was on my fancy team so I'm clearly aware that I'm like my see my game is over he goes into the tent comes back and then goes in the locker room comes out at halftime ready to play mm. and plays second half plays great in the second half then is clear there's no concussion protocol whatever he cleared and then during the week seemed fine and to the fine a lot of people now are making comments so he should have played the Amazon people who are broadcasting the game Ryan Fitzpatrick they all said we talked to him for an hour before the game he seemed fine so clearly it was one of those things where he was experiencing no symptoms whatsoever now they have an independent uh, Baptist Health runs the Miami Dolphin Health and they're the team doctors. You can go on their website, they advertise the fact. I mean, that's one of the big things that these uh, health programs do. It's like, we're going to be your team doctors so we can advertise it, all those things. But this is an independent doctor, which I don't know who the name was for the. They haven't released They it. haven't released the name. But it's but the union's like saying, this is egregious. This is terrible. The worst thing that ever happened. They picked it. It's not picked by the <laughs> by the team. It's a, it's a mutual decision between the team and, uh, you know, to pick this doctor. And the doctor supposedly could. Now, if the doctor made a mistake and comes out and makes a mistake. Of course, you see in the game what happened. Tua got thrown down hard in the second quarter. Um, I thought, I can't believe there wasn't a penalty on, on the tackle. You can sack a quarterback. It seemed like a sack and then a throw. I mean, to me, the highest standard is the Turkey Jones, what he did to Terry Bradshaw, where he literally picked Terry Bradshaw up, put him down, over, flipped him around, and threw him down on his head. That is the worst <laughs> sack I've ever seen. I can't believe Terry got up. But short of that, it seemed like it was a hard throw down in the way they penalized people. I couldn't believe that wasn't even a penalty, but Tua then on the, it was a very sad, I mean, you're, you're, you're nervous he's even going to get up after that hit when you saw him on the field lying there. And now this entire question about concussion protocol, are they going to let people back? And, you know, the, the rule that if you're going to see, so I think clearly now, if you're going to see someone when they stand up and they, they sort of, they, you see that in college though, that they will pull people out. If somebody in the box sees someone, they're, they're not walking steady mm-hmm. and they're going to be taken out of the game. That's why some of these players sit down because they don't want to get, get out of the game. So they actually sit down and they say, I don't want to get up until I'm clear enough and clear in the head to stand up and walk. But uh, um, so that's going to be the question going forward about what's going to happen and, and then what's going to happen with Tua in terms of if he experiences another concussion, how long he's going to be out. And I guess the question is like, you know, it, it, the, I'm nervous because he's now back to back weeks had two injuries where it seems like he doesn't defend himself well. Like I, I was at the game yesterday and Mahomes, when he gets tackled, he falls and you don't see Mahomes get these hard, hard hits. Certainly Brady's not. And we're used to, I'm used to Ben Rotsberger standing there and usually the Just players- Just throwing people off him. Well, the players that are hitting him are falling. I mean, that's what, because you look at them and they're huge at the trunks. They have big, strong legs, uh, a strong waist, strong core, and a huge shoulders. And and that's why the Mannings, I mean, and Mannings and the Brady's and Ben and these players and John Elway's and Marino's played so long because they really could. Now, they're not the fastest, fleetest runners in the world, but it's hard to take them down and they're able to, to, to be able to stand there and, and take the hits. Uh, two is going to have to. And the play that he got hurt, he was on that left side, his uh, offensive line, he, he had time to throw the ball. He's got to release the ball quicker. I mean, that's the other thing. is on both ways. He's got to release the ball quicker. And uh, when he released it, it was like it, the, the defense defender was right there and then threw him down. The, the only thing that I'll, that I'll comment on this is <clears> – <throat> Nobody knows how hurt Tua was outside of the Miami locker room, leaving the game on Sunday. 
and they're getting a lot of heat for him playing. But like you said, a lot of people said he seemed fine. Of course, there's a good chance that he lied and said something else was hurt because he wants to play. Rodney Harrison was on national media today saying that I lied about every head injury. I wanted to play the game. I grabbed my ankle, you know, something like that. Regardless of what happened on Sunday, what happened on Thursday still would have given him. He got his head slammed on the mat, on the turf. That was going to hurt him regardless. So I don't want to, I'm not justifying it, but I don't think people could say, well, it's, you know, it compounded or something like that because it was clearly enough, a, a vicious enough of a hit to give him a concussion anyway. But I guess the question is that once you get one concussion, you're more likely to get a second. So there has to be more of a gap. I, I think Mike McDaniel, though, uh, you know, has been criticized. Uh, I, you know, he clearly, as the coach of the Dolphins, clearly cares about Tua and is not going to put Tua out. And his parents were at the game. Is you know, they're criticizing his parents, his agent, Tua, the coach, everyone. I, I'm not ready to throw. I'm not ready to criticize as much as people are. I mean, there was a, he probably should not have been out there playing, but I'm not ready to say that people knew how serious this was and he was having headaches. I mean, he clearly had no symptoms whatsoever during the week and went out. Now, maybe he should have sat out another another week before that. I mean, look, J.J. Watt played. He came out admitting that he had AFib and had mm-hmm. his heart hit, and he went out and played on Sunday. So these players do, they push themselves to limits. Now, whether that's where doctors have to step in and say, no, you're not going to play. But I'm not ready to criticize criticize the coach and it's, it's it's an unfortunate situation but I think everyone's criticizing I think the coaches and the parents and everyone else too much anything else you want to talk about on this game before we move on um I think the Dolphins I did like the fact I mean someone made a comment I liked how hard they played considering everything yeah like, they did I thought that that I felt like they hung in there and Bridgewater came in and played well. And I think that after two went down, he saw serious injuries. They had no idea that he was how, like considering what happened. I, I thought the Dolphins played great. Like I think as you, I was more impressed. Someone made a comment. I don't know. One of the announcers on Tuesday, more impressed by the losing team, than the winning team. I think I was, I think I was more impressed by how Miami stayed and fought and, and stayed in that game. And more so than the Bengals, which I think the Bengals are still having problems. Like this is not the Bengals team that, saw at the end of the year that made the Super Bowl. Well, they invested, you know, a ton of money in center, right guard, and right tackle, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, and they haven't really worked out yet. They drafted a left guard. He's not really working out, so the offensive line may have even taken a step back when they were pretty bad uh, anyway last year. So, you were at the game last night. You seem to run into these great Sunday night football games. You're there. You saw Patrick Mahomes play last year, I think, versus the Dolphins, so no, no stranger to you, but man, this kid just... Every game seems to do something magical. And you're just like, what is the deal with Patrick Mahomes? Well, it's such a great opportunity. I'm so lucky because now I've seen them play three times. I saw them. Well, first of all, they're they're three and three in their series. But Brady has the two big ones. I mean, in uh, uh, October 2018, the Patriots defeated Chiefs 43-40. Remember that game? That was a crazy game. game. Brady threw for 340 yards. Mahone threw for 342. There was touchdowns everywhere. It was completely nuts. And then in the AFC Championship game, the Patriots beat the Chiefs. That's the one where Brady went down in there at overtime. Changed the overtime rules because he went down and scored. Then led the, let them go to the Super Bowl to win. And then in 2019, the Chiefs defeated the Patriots 23-16 um, in, uh, in December. And that was the end. It was like one of the last games that Brady played as a Patriot. It was like two or three weeks before the end of his career. And then in 2020, that's where I went there and the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 27-24. That was a crazy game. That's when the Chiefs got that huge lead. Tyreek Hill had an enormous like 200 yards in the first half. And then the Bucs came back and almost won the game. And then, of course, the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 55. What a game. I mean, in terms of, I mean, that was Buccaneers win the game, 31-9, everything. That was tremendous. But the point is, is that 
I'm sure, I mean, it's like you can see that we criticize Patrick Cajones about not being focused. This was focused. I mean, he's playing against what everyone considering the GOAT, and he might be maybe the second GOAT coming in. So that's what it's so cool, because you really never saw, like you get to see LeBron and Jordan, they never play. Like you get to see the two superstar players go against each other in a game like this, and it didn't disappoint, because they both play great. I mean, that's yeah. what's so cool about it. I mean, we're, let's talk about Mahomes. Like, just amazing. He... he He's like a ballerina that's also really strong, really smart, really fast, and has a rocket for an arm. I mean, you watch the way he plays, and it seemed like the game's moving at a different speed for him than everyone else. He goes, everything he does is fast. I have pictures online. You can see when he hands the ball. I don't think I've ever seen anyone hand the ball to a running back as fast as he does. He gets the ball from the center fast. He gets the ball and throws it as fast. If he was in the Wild Wild West as a gunslinger, he'd, he'd win every gun battle because he is just so fast at his release. He's like Dan Marino, quick release, but can run around and move and gets the first down on. He's not the, fa quote, the fast runner, but he's so smart how he runs. He sees the game faster. It's all slow motion to him, it appears like. And then the play. He can, with the arm strength that he has, he can go and, and just do everything. He was on the third down on the first drive to Juju. He's being thrown down, thrown down, and he still throws it to Juju for the first down. Then in the, in the first touchdown to Clyde Edwards Slayer in the end zone, he stopped on the five-yard line on a dime, and he, there's the whole team is surrounding him, mm -hmm. and he just throws the ball over. He can throw from all different angles. I mean, we talk about, like, we joked about Mason Rudolph of the Steelers, where I said, I saw him at warm-ups, and if he's standing straight, he's the guy who I want to hit. He seems accurate, but have him move around, a disaster. Mahomes <laughs> just can do everything. I mean, if you told Mahomes, go pitch for the Mets, I bet you he'd go and pitch 90 miles an hour and win a game better than Scherzer <laughs> and DeGrom did this yeah, past well. weekend. And that's what's amazing. And he's just it's just so fun to watch him because he's, and I'm rooting for the Bucks, but it's just play. But also, I don't want to take away from Brady at all. Brady played great. Those throws that he had, the back, the touchdown throw to Evans in the back of the end zone, I mean, perfect. I'm there watching him. He is, he's first of all, his velocity is as strong as it's ever been. His accuracy is amazing, and he plays so smart. Like the Godwin's rolling across the middle, and instead of like you see him like throw the ball and down, it's like oh that's a bad throw. No, because he doesn't want to throw it to Godwin, so Godwin gets killed going across the middle for a five-yard gain. It's not worth it. I love to be a receiver for Brady because he's protecting them. He knows how to play. He's just smartest. And another thing, people have been saying about Brady, oh he's um, uh, he's miserable on the sidelines. And we had Seth Wickersham on our show who said that, and all these other people. I don't know. I'm sat behind the bench. He's talking to players. He's talking to Godwin. He's talking to Evans. He's working with the team. This is the same Brady that I saw all those years. I went to the Patriots for the against when he, with the Steelers. I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen Brady play in person, I don't know, 25, 30 times in my life. Like, this is the same guy. He's competitive. Guess what? He doesn't like to lose. Like, if he wasn't <laughs> upset about losing, he'd be miserable. Like, I mean, that's that's where we have a concern. So we talk about his family life and whether Giselle and his kid's not there and this and that. All those things. He, I think he loves it. Like, he loves the competition. He loves figuring out. He's still good at what he does. He's confident. You could just see him when they were down by 18 points. He saw, so he said, tell him the team, I'm coming back. We're going to come back. You can see him talking to his team. I I don't know. I mean, I, this whole idea that he's super miserable, I don't want to question my own guests that I have on our show and people that are experts, but from my seeing his body language behind the, uh, he seems the same Tom Brady, not anything different. This is Ira on Sports, True Oldies Channel at 719. I'm Mike Balsamo at 730. Kyle Eckel joins us, and then uh, Rodney War from Tider Insider 
at 745. I want to touch, touch on this game a little yeah. bit because it, it did end up being, you know, you want to see good Sunday night football games, and this one was. Rashard White, I mean, ugh, for fumble, the kickoff. Like, that was the craziest thing, to kick the ball off and have Tampa's fumble on the first kickoff. Yeah. And then you get, then. but Mahomes is so smart. It's like he recognized, that's where he almost you want to call timeout because Mahomes gets the ball two plays later, Kelsey touchdown. And then Tampa Bay gets a field goal, and you're like, you're not going to win this game kicking field goals. I mean, that's what the John Arbaugh knows about uh, about what's going on. And then Kansas City goes, that's the pass. He threw the juju, and then he throws the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for a touch, uh, ran in for a touchdown. And then, uh, uh, and then Kansas City had 11-play drive. Mahone scrambled on that third down uh, for a first down. And then, uh, and then he threw that touchdown, that circus pass to make it 21-3. But then, you know, t- Tom Brady comes back and throws it to Evans, makes a touchdown 21-10. Uh, and then they one time, you know, they didn't punt like until the end of the game. The one time they went on fourth down and didn't get it, that's where they were stopped on third down. But on fourth down, he threw a perfect pass to Edward Solaire, who dropped it. And then Tom Brady fumbled. When he fumbled that ball and got it hit, I thought he was hurt. And there was a question whether he was going to come back. You know, like I saw him go to the sideline. He's hurting, holding his shoulders and everything. But Kansas City went in there. And then the plays that Kansas City ran, one other thing to touch about, this Noah Gray, who came in. So they're running. They have, they have Kelsey. They have Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Lair. There's so much movement, and I'm watching all this go on. And then this backup tight end who's only touched the ball twice in his entire life runs up behind the center and just stops. Like, you're used to everybody running in motion. Just stop. It was almost like the Harlem Globetrotters. Stop, get the ball, and run in. The Tampa defense is like, what happened? Who's that guy? Is he in there? Was he, was it 13 is he an eligible receiver? Where did he come from? Where did he come from? Like, what is going on? And it's like, as much as I say, you always want to have Mahomes in the end. What a play. Like, the play calling. And even the other end when they run the Wildcat. I'm against taking the ball out of your quarterback's hands, but it's just so much confusion and so many things happening. That's why the players are open. I saw that from Mahomes the first time I saw him play against the Steelers when they were running four guys and everyone seemed to be open. Like the Steelers must have been, are you playing with seven guys? Are they playing with 15? <laughs> like it was crazy. And then, but Brady drove down, escorted a touchdown, made it 28-17 and that, that was at halftime. But then Kansas City came out. Remember, Kansas City then got the ball first to begin the, in the second half because they because of the fumble on the first, made it 31-17. Tampa Bay goes three and out. And then, but Tampa Bay kept it in at one point. It was like, 38-24, um, it was 41-24, and then I thought like, you know, as again, they kept trying, but they just seemed like they were behind the entire game. I mean, at the end, Brady threw 52 times, 39 for 52, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and they only ran the ball six times. Which three is total yards. For three total yards. Um, and Mahomes had it through, you know, 23 for 27, three touchdowns, interception. Uh, but it was like, it was Again, from the the bad thing for the Tampa Bay was their defense, which was so awesome for the first part of the year, looked terrible. They couldn't do anything, and I'm like, are they that bad? Or is Mahomes was that? Is it? It's like when Jordan drops sixty. Are you saying our defense stinks? Like if a player is this good, is it really Tampa Bay's defense, or is just Mahomes just so good? Like I think that there's more of that than I was watching that game. Brady, Mahomes, and I'm like, these two guys do it better than anyone. And then you watch all the other games on TV and you're like, they're just like reacting. Like Justin Fields, nice player, talented, everything. But then you watch college football, these players are just acting. These guys had total control. Like this is the best you could watch. It was it was just a joy to see such perfection, whether it's two singers singing that's a great, or an artist, or someone drawing, or doing whatever, right? reading a good book, or anything. It's like, these are the two best that have ever done it, maybe, and they're going against each other. It's like watching uh, art. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're watching a moving painting when you see these two face off. 
let's talk about these, the Buffalo and uh, Ravens game here real quick. And this is another one. Talk about games starting off on the wrong foot. First play from scrimmage, Josh Allen gets picked off by Marlon Humphrey. He takes it down to the three. And you're like, oh, man, here comes uh, here come the Ravens. And is this team the, the Jekyll and Hyde of the league, Ira? The first half versus the Dolphins and the Bills look great. Second half looks terrible, and they lose both games. They were terrible in the second half. I mean, it was it was one of those crazy things where they had this big lead. They were 20 at 10 at the half. They in the second half, they they didn't score at all. And they had two interceptions, two, two, th- three and outs, and then and then in, in two interceptions ending the drive. And what everybody is talking about is that with four minutes to go in the game, it's tied 20-20. There Baltimore has a what is it, 14 play, 93-yard drive, nine and a half minutes, which is the one of the longest drives I've ever seen. They get down to the two-yard line. It was a first down and two, and they ran two times to get it. Third down doesn't get the first down. And then on fourth down, instead of kicking and taking the lead, 23-20, they went and went for it on fourth down. Lamar Jackson throws an interception. Ball comes back to the 20, and then Buffalo goes down, kicks the field goal. And everyone's criticizing John Harbaugh. I don't know. I've seen Buffalo. If Buffalo is this explosive offense, which we all know they have. They couldn't stop him in the second half. I, I, I don't know why that he's getting criticized. Like, I, Look, I've been a Steeler fan. I've gone against John Harbaugh a million times. He's made great calls. He has the best kicker in the game, Justin Tucker. But we're all saying how we you got to score touchdowns. So you have Lamar Jackson two yards out. I don't know why. I I, I don't think it was that crazy a decision. He, go, he said analytics, this and this. I thought it was a smart. I actually, I thought it was a smart decision because you kick a field goal. I think they do go down and score a touchdown and win the game. I think they could have done it whatever they wanted. Right. So I like. I, I I feel like that was and Lamar Jackson went on the play. Duvernay was wide open in the end zone. He missed him and then he throws the interception. So you're gonna pay Lamar Jackson three hundred four million dollars. You know for, for contract. You know he's your superstar. This Baltimore defense. This is not Ray Lewis Ed Reed back there. This defense is paper mache. They're giving up points. All this is not the Baltimore. Like oh the Baltimore defense. Forget it's like this. Let me talk about the Steeler defense with Mean Joe Green or something. Like it's not. They're not there. They, 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 he's retired. They put their names in the you know on the board. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm like the only person I think in talk radio. I've heard everything today that's not criticizing John Harbaugh for his decision. Got about five minutes till we get to Kyle Echol here on Iron Sports. Well, Kenny Pickett era has begun for your Pittsburgh Steelers, Ira. Wow. Look, I've made some wrong calls this year. I thought Carolina was going to be much better than they were. Ter- I thought they'd be okay at least. But I've been right about Pittsburgh because they're bad. And they they were really bad. And they're just, I mean, this is a game they had to win. I mean, Zach Wilson is a rookie. hasn't played all year. He was like six for 24 at one point, And they lost the game. And, it, and it's just, it's just, I said, what I said, the offensive line is a disaster. They're not going to have a run game. And their secondary is terrible. You can't ask TJ Watt. They're literally playing with three guys on defense. Like TJ Watt, who's out. And then Mika Fitzpatrick, who's making all these great plays. And... I just thought, and Cam Hayward got hurt on this game, but it was just, at the end of the game, I mean, it was a 2010 Pittsburgh, the Jets threw a touchdown, the Pickens, his last interception really wasn't his fault, but I'm glad that he's in the game. He throws, like, the other thing people are mentioning about him being a rookie, remember, he's played, I think it was like 30, or not, like four years at seven games, I don't know, like 20, 25 games at Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. It's not like a rookie coming in, he played for Pitt, played a million years for Pitt, so he's used to this field, used to the environment, I don't know, I would have put him in first game anyway, so I, th- I knew they were going to be bad, I, he looks fine. Like, I let him go out there and let's see if he can. I remember when Ben first came out, he wasn't superstar. He was in a game against Miami. They put Tommy Maddox out. It was pouring down rain. He went in the game and did Ben stuff, just running around there and throwing <laughs> crazy passes. No, I want to see Pickett. I want to, you're, you, I want to see it. The Steelers aren't winning anything, so let's have Pickett play. 
so I don't think people anticipated Dallas to do what they do after Dak Prescott went down. And this is kind of like you were saying about is it is it Mahomes or is it Tampa Bay's defense? Is, is Dallas good or is it the fact that they played the Giants and the Redskins who are even worse? And the Redskins they're in trouble. Well, Cooper Rush goes three and zero now, and now Dak Prescott is suddenly he's healing much faster from his injury <laughs> and he's coming back to play. Um, Dallas defense hasn't given up more than nineteen points all year. Another one of my mistakes I keep mentioning when I see him say Micah Parsons. I, I wish he played like this when he's at Penn State, but their defense looks great. And uh, I love how everybody criticizes Jerry Jones. Like, oh, he doesn't know. He's a terrible. Je-. First of all, he go he should have a professional. He's, he's drafted been, pretty darn well. First of all, he has been the general manager of the Cowboys for like thirty years. Like you would say, bring someone who is like he has more football experience than <laughs> anyone. Like these guys are going to hire what thirty year olds to be. He's done this now. Whether you disagree with him and he's lost or this and that, he is the general manager. Like he has the experience. But their team looks good. And Mike McCarthy, oh wow, he's suddenly so making some smart decisions. But um, Cooper Rush is surprised to everyone. Remember, he was cut what by the Giants last year. Yeah. So it's like would the Giants rather like to have him back now with Daniel <laughs> Jones's injury? And it's it's funny that it, but I, clearly Dak Prescott I mean there's no issue that Dak Prescott's going to have this job when he comes back they're paying him a, a half a billion dollars to be their quarterback so he has to be their quarterback but it is nice to see that Cooper played well and with Dak's injury history that it's good to have now you have a backup that can come and step in and play so Jacksonville and Philly and there's just two parts to this for you Ira first I mean like three minutes into the into the, the one o'clock I check my phone and see it's 14 nothing Jacksonville and I'm like finally Philly's gonna lose but they didn't. And it, uh, do you think that Philly's the best team in the league? No, they're not the best team. I'm still not sold Some on them. Some people do. No, I'm not. I'm not sold on them. <laughs> but it was, they 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 have a fairly easy schedule. They've won games. Uh, Jalen Hurts has played played well, even though he had zero touchdowns and one interception, 204 yards. Um, this was a great week for Penn State running backs. How about if you had the Penn State? Miles Sanders for Penn State had 27 carries for 134 yards, and Barkley had 150 yards. Yeah. So if you're a Penn State running backs combined at 300 yards rushing, but but uh, this was the first game, Trevor Lawrence. I remember the weather was terrible in Baltimore. Weather was, that's another thing people mentioned. They're like, oh, Josh Allen, like the weather was going to be bad, so it was going to be hard for him to score. Wait, Josh Place Allen plays at Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> like, I mean, this it, Might as well be the North Pole. <laughs> I mean, the, the winds were 100 miles an hour last year against New England, and he's still running up the field. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. But so I think Trevor Lawrence did have trouble in the weather. He didn't play well, but neither did Hurts, and it was hard to play. But uh, Philadelphia had a win. Uh, Jacksonville's still 2 and 2. Look, Jacksonville, if you said after four games they're 2 and 2, they'll take that any day. Just say beat the Chargers. That's yeah. all I needed to hear. Um, the New York Giants, they're three and one. I don't know if they're as good as a, as a three and one team, or they, they deserve to be three and one, but they are. And one thing they're doing is not losing games. You don't have to. You're not going to win them all, but not losing games like you shouldn't to, to Chicago. Here. And Brian Dables, everyone loves him. He's great, making great decisions. And one of the decisions are Daniel Jones gets hurt and he's out of the game. And they put and Saquon Barkley. I mean, there were how many plays I'm watching game? You know, many games. He's running the like they're just snapping. Like people said, they should trade Saquon Barkley. Trade Saquon Barkley. <laughs> they're just they're just, he's they're just handling the ball like he is literally. It's like high school football. It's like take your most athletic best player, just put him back there, snapping the ball, let him happen. They're not going to trade. Saquon Barkley. This is what they, they're using for. Hopefully he stays healthy. He's such a great guy. Everyone loves him. I want him to stay healthy. I hope he stays healthy. And it's just fun to watch him play. But great game for him. Um, I'm in a suicide pool, Ira. I had, took Green Bay this week. And man, it was a nail biter. I don't know what to think of the Packers at this point as it takes overtime for them to beat a backup and an emergency quarterback. Bailey Zapp. That was, uh, I thought that was very, I mean, the fact that New England, right. I mean, Rodgers, first half, four for 11, 44 yards and a pick six. He ended the game with 200 for the yards, two touchdowns, interception. But 
Wow. I mean, New England looks so bad. They're one and three. I mean, they just look terrible. And Green Bay, though, doesn't look impressive. But I do have to say this, is that I have Romeo Dobbs on my fantasy team. The young Christian Watson as another rook, two rookie wide receivers starting to play. This is a long season. If Dobbs and Watson keep improving, you can see how this team could develop into something. You're playing for the long haul. They have good the running games improving. So as much as it was an ugly win, look, Aaron Rodgers is not going to win the MVP this year. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares about the MVP. Aaron Rodgers would do anything for Super Bowl. That's all he wants. And I think this team, as bad as this game was, I I just think it was at least they won the game. So (laughs) everyone kind of had high expectations for Vegas this year. The win total was nine and a half. And I'm like, how could they not win 10 games? This is a playoff team from last year. Open up 0-3, but finally get their first win versus Seattle. I mean, versus Denver. Well, Josh Jacobs, the running back, another, this is the Alabama running back, 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns, like the best game of his career. Uh, tremendous win for Vegas in terms of, they got Devontae Adams involved, Derek Carr looked good, uh, and Russell Wilson just, uh, you know, just average playing, it didn't play well, and, and you're really getting, at this point, uh, they probably were the ones that made Nathaniel Hackett, that he looks like he doesn't, he's not ready to be a coach. Like a deer in the headlights. I'll tell you this. The Kansas coach is Leopold, Louis Leopold, I think is his name. Mm. I think that if they could, if they could take him and make him their coach, they would do that <laughs> because Hackett, you know, there's sometimes you just see it and I'm not, it just doesn't appear like nothing is working. Like, I mean, he was a genius supposedly for Green Bay. Well, it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Like there is that part of Bill O'Brien was at the Patriots, a great offensive coordinator. Well, you had Tom Brady. Like there is that issue was Hackett is just, this was, this is a higher, I think they would like to have a do over on. Let's get to the phones. I do believe we have uh, Kyle Eckel joining us here. Thank you uh, for coming on Iron Sports. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Kyle. Thanks a lot for coming on. Um, so you played, uh, first of all, thank you for your service for the Naval Academy and then went on to the Patriots and played a little bit there. Uh, what What do you think Bill Belichick's going through this year when he is, you know, after all the years as Tom Brady and now he's using Bailey Zapp as his quarterback? <laughs> well, I don't think he's thinking about the past too much, although, you know, those were good times, I'm sure, but. I, you know, I think he's probably just taking one game at a time, as as they typically say. But now I think it's, uh, I think they're actually living it for sure. And uh, every play is its own is its own thing. I mean, they, they're trying to manufacture wins. I think, and uh, you know, they have some good players. They have good talent on the team. But it's hard when you're down to your third string quarterback. And uh, I think that's a challenge for for any coach. I mean, everybody talks about the Patriots system. I mean, so many players have played at different teams and they go to the Patriots and they're like, they just do it different than everybody else. What, what do the Patriots do? And, and is, what are some of those things? I mean, he's going to have to rely on everything to get this work you know, turned around. But what do they do differently than the other NFL teams? Or is that just, is that, am I wrong about that? No, I think, uh, I think they run a tight ship. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I, think they, I think they pull it off well because of the track record. I think it's easy to buy in when you go to an organization that's as winning as the Patriots. So uh, I think veterans, especially younger players, but veterans, you know, as well, they buy in quick and uh, they buy in before they even get there. As far as the Patriot way and what they do differently during the games, honestly, I think it's, uh, I think they're, I think, you know, it sounds, it's cliche and it sounds simple, but clearly it's more complicated, but I think they're masters of the obvious. I think, you know, when you get your third in an inch, you're not dropping back in a shotgun and throwing a deep bomb. You know, the Patriots are sneaking the ball. They're running the ball up the middle, and they're getting the first down. And that seems to be a challenge with a lot of teams in the NFL. It has been for the last 20 years. 
you know, there's some head scratch call, head scratching calls in certain situations that you just wonder if this is the Patriots, they're getting this first down, and now you're starting over. Now you got a new set of downs, and you're moving forward with the ball. And uh, yeah, so I, I think they, I think they do things as 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 basic as possible and keep it successful that way. And uh, that is a challenge, I think, for a lot of teams. Kyle, you played in the league about a decade ago, and things have changed tremendously. And we, we saw in terms about with concussions. Um, what is, how has it really in terms of what's your impression in terms of Tua and how the league's dealing with it, uh, everything about with how where concussions are were when you were playing and what it is now? Well, I, you know, I guess we thought things, I guess we thought things had changed, but, uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem that way, uh, in some, in some situations. So, you know, concussions are, are an issue. I'm, excuse me, I'm sorry, I lost you there. But concussions are an issue. But you know, again, it's it's just the 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 the, the repetitive head contact, and it doesn't have to be a concussion. So, and that'll never go away. So, frankly, what I'm more concerned about, and I think what a lot of former players would be concerned about, I think they would share my sentiment here, is the continue the, the continued medical care after the playing career. So, uh, and and you know that. They don't really. It's not really been. It's not going all that well for, for a lot of veterans, especially the older guys. And uh, I think that's where the changes should be focused on. But that's not what you see on TV. You see the concussions, right? So, from a marketing standpoint, it's wise for the NFL to focus on the concussions. In reality, is it going to make all that much of a difference? No. Well, and to turn to another subject you're, you're has some intelligence about in terms of was you're on Philadelphia talk sports talk radio host for a while. These eagles, I mean, are they fly? Eagles fly, or are they not going to be flying? Like, I mean, they had this great start so far this year. I think surprising to That's me. Right. But is where do you think it is? Is Jalen Hurts this franchise quarterback? And Miles, is this is this team for real, or are they frauds? Well, the offensive line's playing is playing well. A.J. Brown, uh, uh, I think, even in Tennessee, I think he's one of the ten best receivers in the NFL. Uh, the guy in Tennessee, they knew exactly what he was doing every game, and every game he still came down with, with one or two deep catches a game. And uh, he seems to be unstoppable in Philadelphia as well. And then again, with the offensive line, it's, it's crucial. But I think it's all going to come down to the coaching and whether they stick to running the ball or not. I know yesterday's weather was pretty bad, <laughs> to say the least. But it looked like they were starting the game. They were throwing the ball a little too much. And then once they started running the ball again, the the, the tide changed. And the Eagles started to pull away with the game. The score remained close for a little while, but I don't think it was ever in doubt once they uh, pulled within seven and then they took over. So if they keep running the ball and stay healthy, I think, that's, uh, I think they're going to be a contender. I don't know. Uh, I think when Tampa Bay gets fully healthy or gets healthier, I should say, I think they're still the favorites in the NFC, but I guess we'll see. They're so far, so good. Well, Kyle, thanks a lot for coming on I Run Sports. I really appreciate it. I know you're really busy. I think your son is playing football, so you had to get him ready <laughs> and everything. So really appreciate you taking some time to come on and talk a little Patriots and Eagles football. He's actually playing ice hockey. Oh, oh ice yeah. hockey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I don't know. I just drive him to play. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Eckel, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on Iron Sports. It's 7.38. I'm Mike Balsamo. Uh, the Aaron Judge update did not hit a home run in his first at bat. He should be due up uh, possibly in this inning coming up, third inning, t- uh, 0-0 with Texas. 
I, I, did you happen to see like people getting mad because they were hopping into like college football games and stuff to show Aaron Judge at bats? Yes. Kind of uh, people getting uh, interrupted about that on Twitter. So Arizona and Carolina, and I watch Arizona, and I'm just like, I, I don't know what to make of this team. I don't think they're very good, but I can look at Carolina and tell that they're bad. And you know, we had Doctor Roto on, and one of the things he said was. This has to be the best quarterback that guys like DJ Moore have ever played with. And he's, it's a step back from Sam Darnold, PJ Walker. This is bad. I mean, Baker Mayfield's in that Heisman commercial where he's driving uh, Bryce Young. Uh, it was, yeah. I love these the Heisman House commercials are great. Um, he is so good at these commercials. I wish I just cannot believe they can't get it working out. But Matt Rule, is there, I don't think there's a hotter seat anywhere of any coach. It's on fire. How it is, is he not fired? Yet? He's gonna get fired. It is just nothing. And I just, I just can't believe it hasn't worked out. I mean, they've tried quarterbacks and this and offensive coordinators, and it just seems like that Carolina is just not, it's not gonna work out. And Arizona, who's not playing that well, comes in there and wins that game. Carolina one and three. So Tennessee, Indy, big matchup in the AFC South. Indy riding high off a massive win last week. Tennessee looking to right the ship after a slow start, but Tennessee did what they had to do, and they're going to say, listen, we're the team to go through in the AFC South. I think it's so funny that you had the ba- the last two rushing leaders going against each other, and mm-hmm. two of the, consider everyone considers the two best running backs in, in football, is Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis and Derrick Henry for Tennessee. And Taylor had another, I mean, he is having a horrendous year in terms of running. Everyone who drafted him, number one in fantasy, and Henry rushed for 114 yards. So it was a good win for Tennessee. You know, it's, it's like that division now, Tennessee, Indy, Jacksonville, Houston. It's crazy now. It's, it, it, you know, a lot of these, you know, we're going to talk about at the end of the year, it's going to be a ton of nine and eight teams, eight and nine, you know, those like, it's going to come down. That tie is going to matter. Let's talk about um, Marcus Mariota and and the Falcons. They, it's not the, the prettiest brand of football, but they seem to be able to get stuff done when they need to. Well, Atlanta now is two and two, and they're leading the division along with the Tampa Bay, which is that they're going to play next week. I might go to that game in Tampa Bay, but a win over Cleveland. Cleveland's two and two. And the whole issue with Miles Garrett in a car accident before the game, not not able to play. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, this whole Deshaun Watson thing, I think, has totally thrown them off. Um, they are just trying to tread water. I mean, they would just hope to get if they could be five hundred before Deshaun Watson comes back with those five games to go. I think it's all they're hoping for right now. So early. Game- Game in London. Ira, how many people do you know left Alvin Kamara in their lineup not realizing he wasn't playing? I know like five people <laughs> who didn't realize it's a 930 game. He got, you know, ruled out and that uh, that could have sunk your team. But this ended up being a pretty pretty darn good game across the pond. A lot I of like, kicking too, so they must have loved it. I know, but I like Minnesota. First of all, it's crazy these nine o'clock starts, and you better get used to it because they have. There's going to be nine o'clock for I think the next six weeks. The or Giants are next week. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's just constantly uh, these early morning starts. But you know, I watched uh, Formula One, and then I was driving the whole ride to uh, Tampa. I'm listening to this game, so it's cool to, to mm-hmm. be driving to Tampa and listening to Minnesota. Look, I like Minnesota a lot. I mean, Kirk Cousins is like the king of the non prime time game. I mean, he loves it. Prime time, he looks terrible. Out of Prime time, nine thirty in the morning. He is great. He's a great. He's the person you want for the non prime time game. If they could just play the playoffs, like without, like you know, and you know, I don't know, some blackout, whatever, then he would be great. But he is. Uh, it's unfortunate that Kirk Cousins is amazing when they in these games that no one's watching. And before we get to Monday Night Football, Seattle and Detroit, <clears throat> and this is one who saw this coming with Geno Smith. And then who saw the D- Detroit averaging 35 points a game and doing Detroit things being one and three? 
crazy, crazy. Geno Smith, it, it, again, it's these quarterbacks. So you're talking about some of these quarterbacks in the league, and everyone thought Geno was done. And, and they, and if you, I thought I, they were trying to lose on purpose. I, so did I. It's and like I'm, the Major League Cleveland Indians. If you wanted to say, look, Russell Wilson just signed a $200-some million contract. Geno Smith gets paid, what, $10 million a Probably, year? Probably, yeah. So the point is, is Geno Smith's having a much better year at Seattle. <laughs> They're getting much better quarterback play than, 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 than Denver's getting from Russell Wilson. So just a, a minute or two until we get to Rodney from Tider Insider. Tonight... Big NFC, uh, big NFC West matchup, and we could walk out of this game seeing every team be two and two. What do you think happens? Well, the Rams are two and one. San Francisco is one and two. I'd be shocked if San Francisco wins this game. Now, I've, I've been wrong on this. The Rams one, have been sloppy. I know, but the, in, in San Francisco, only the Rams are a two point favorite. But San Francisco lost to the Bears. They've lost to Denver eleven ten. Jimmy Garoppolo seems. I just I don't see it, but. Kyle Shanahan maybe has some rabbit tricks, but I, I, I like, I'm excited. This is a good match. I mean, this is this team that played for the NFC Championship game last year. So I think it's a great Monday night game, but I do think, I just, San Francisco is missing something and I that they look so bad the last game on offense. I think the Rams will just outscore them. I think that this is going to be closer than people think. I'm looking forward to a good one tonight. What are we watching next week? Um, big games are, I would say, Cincinnati on Sunday night, Cincinnati at Baltimore. This is this is a statement game for both these teams who have been struggling this yeah, year. Yeah, someone needs to make a statement. And, and in the someone, AFC I North. think this, I think this Cincinnati whose division is it? Yeah, and I think this is going to be key. And I'll tell you what, Thursday, Indianapolis at Denver again. Some we're we're going to look for. I think the winner is starts to feel confident about themselves, and the loser is starting to really going to get nervous. So I like that Thursday night game, and then the Sunday night game. So before we get to Rodney, let's talk a little. Georgia and Missouri. And this was one game, Ira. People didn't think this one was going to be this close. Look, I was surprised that Georgia was, everyone thought was so great. They lost their entire team to the draft and they come back and they're number two in the country and they look good in the beginning part of their season. Missouri looked awful. They lost to Kansas State. They lost to Auburn. They only beat Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian. But I love seeing, they're 30 point favorites in this game. Georgia was 30 point favorites and Missouri is 0-17 against top ranked teams. Georgia, but Georgia struggled against Kent State last week and then in warmups, Georgia was taunting Missouri. Now look, if you're the number one team in the country, you're the, this and that, you're not taunting Missouri. Like you shouldn't be taunting these teams and I just didn't think they took the game seriously and Missouri went out it was one of the hardest hitting that's I cannot believe hits that I saw in this game I'm like every tackle it seemed like they were pounding each other Missouri was so fired up it was at Missouri that the, the fans were in the game I've been to the game Missouri for a game fans could get loud there the Missouri was up 13-3 and they almost scored another touchdown because the guy the Missouri Corey Schrader was, was tackled at the one yard line they settled for a field goal but they got a touchdown that might have been enough 16-6 at halftime uh, second half, they held Georgia to, to a three. The Missouri made a long pass and field goal made it 19-9. It was 19-12 going into the fourth quarter. And Missouri's kicker kicked a 55-yard field goal. So they, you know, they everything right to pull an upset. You have your kickers kicking things. It was 22-12. But then Georgia came back. They scored a touchdown. It's like they just ran out of time. Like you need, if you're going to upset these teams, you're going to have to score. You're going to mm-hmm. have to score. And they could not score. Stetson Bennett, 312 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. The point is, Boy, Georgia doesn't look, and that's why they dropped the two in the poll and Alabama's number one, because they just didn't look good in this game. They haven't looked good in the last two games, and this is a team that looked so dominant last year. Their defense is not the same. So, speaking of Alabama, it's time to bring in maybe their number one fan. He's Rodney from Tider Insider. Rodney, thank you so much for joining us on Ira on Sports once again. And I gotta say, a lot of people, Rodney, thought it was like a sneaky play to take Arkansas plus 17 in this game that that you know they were going to keep this closer than it than it was supposed to be really didn't look that way though well no i mean uh if, if i was just actually talking to a former alabama player right before i jumped on with you guys and uh, you know 
I told him if Bryce Young doesn't get hurt, Alabama could have scored in the 60s. <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, that, that's, that's probably pretty true. You know, you got to figure they threw an interception down at the goal line right on the first possession. That's seven that they missed on. And, uh, you know, I just think that they scored 35 points with Jalen Milrow in the game. And he has no experience in terms of, uh, you know, SEC experience on the road against any top competition. So, I mean, this could have been, this game could have really gotten out of hand a, a much, much greater than, than what it did. I mean, yeah, you're right, uh, Rodney. Alabama was up 28 nothing, and I really thought that I, this game was was finished. And and they sort of led Arkansas back, and they didn't play consistently. But let's talk about Jalen. First of all, what is what do they say about Bryce Young? I mean, you know, Nick Saban mentioned that he had a some sort of strain of his shoulder, but he said he didn't think right. it was that serious. But how serious do you th- right. have you been hearing? Well, you know, again, they, they keep things really close to the vest here. Nobody, nobody's even getting in practice this week. Uh, because that, that's how tight it is. Of course, now the media doesn't get in anyway anymore. So, uh, but they're not letting anyone in, former players, any observers in. They're trying to keep things tight-lipped. But it, it, he is day-to-day. You know, I've, I've had some people tell me they think he's going to play. Now, again, I wouldn't go out on a limb and say that, but there is some speculation that Bryce Young's going to play. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh you know, there's one thing we do know, and I, and I assure you this: unless he's cleared and ready, they're not going to take any chances. Well, so you have in the NFL right now Tua, who before it was a starting quarterback, uh, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, um, Bryce Young's going to be. You're going to have a quarter, you know, one eighth of the league is going to be Alabama quarterbacks. Jalen Milrow comes in a little bit different than these other quarterbacks. First of all, was that I thought it was like Bo Jackson suiting up at quarterback position because he, <laughs> I mean, he's gigantic and he runs faster than everyone else on the field. So it was like pretty amazing. Like you're wondering, like where did he come from? And and uh, and give us a little background about it because I the okay. first time when he ran, I mean, it was third and fifteen. The lead was cut to five, and then he just said, "I'm just going to run seventy yards, and and yep. no one's going to tackle me." Well, here's the story. You familiar with Drake May at North Carolina? Yes. Okay. He's a fantastic quarterback. He was committed to Alabama. And he decided to change his commitment. I think it was right after Bryce Young had made his decision that he was going to come here. Uh, Drake May decided. Of course, no, they were in different years. Bryce was uh, one year behind him. But, uh, yeah, he made his decision that he was Drake May, I believe, uh, made the decision when, when uh, I'm sorry, yeah. When Drake May made the decision, that opened the door for Jalen Milrow. So Milrow was committed to Texas. He flipped to Alabama. He's from Katy, Texas, which is right outside the West. He's actually West Houston. And, uh, you know, he was a fantastic high school quarterback. You know, he was his own read guy. You know, he didn't play, throw the ball a lot in high school. But the buzz is here, and it's been since he got here, been here over a year now is that he's got Lamar Jackson type athletic ability and that's not just we're not talking about media types we're talking about it's coming out of that football complex that the the coaching staff including Nick Saban think he's a Lamar Jackson type athlete you know you saw his speed I mean he may be the fastest guy on the team he certainly is one of the top guys they he's probably run a sub four five uh, i'm sorry sub four four in the upper four three. but he's also big he's, probably, he, he's like he looks like he's, he's the about, ben rotzenberger size or something well he's about six two and a half probably and he's probably about 215 
220. Uh, but he is, he's a very big, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, he's very big arms, chest, really big kid, great kid, great kid. Uh, but yeah, he got his opportunity and, you know, just a redshirt freshman. And you're right. That play, that 77 yard run, that is prop, that could turn out to be the, 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 the play that you mark at the end of the year and say so that might have been the key play of the whole season. You know, because, uh, like you said, their backs were to the wall. They were up by five, and he pops at 77 yards. And, I mean, it was like Alabama was off to the races. And uh, one last question, because we've got we to move on to some other things, Rodney, is to this weekend, primetime Alabama-Texas A&M. When we put the schedule, it's going to be like, oh, this is going to be great. Texas A&M is going to be awesome. It's going to be probably like a, the line's going to be like five or six or two or three or four. It's a 24-point line. I mean, boy, Alab- I mean, it's crazy. Who would have ever thought that you're going to have a 24-point line uh, in a game like this? But Texas A&M, just, it's so, I mean, everything's gone wrong for them, including losing to Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of a team that you look at them and you wonder how you know they'll they'll be mentally they'll be ready heading into this game. You know they can they can make up a lot of woes in this game, but you do wonder about Texas A&M. I mean, it's obviously something's not right between the ears with them right now, and you do wonder if you know something happens that they got behind a little bit, maybe fourteen nothing, something early. You know, would their players, are they going to stay focused? Because this has been a tough run for them. I mean, they're fortunate they haven't lost another game or two, actually. Uh, they, they could have easily lost Arkansas and probably should have, actually. So this is a team that their psyche, you wonder where it is. I think their quarterback situation's kind of muddled up right now. Uh, there's even some talk. Now, I don't know if there's really consideration for this, but, you know, they have a five-star freshman quarterback, Connor Wigman, and there's some talk that maybe – you know, we might see a lot of him, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, Max Johnson apparently has a little bit of injury. We'll see if they go back to Haynes King. Well, Rodney, thanks a lot. Uh, f- follow you on Titer Insider. What's the... Uh... All across social media, the website, Titer Insider. That's where you can find Rodney. So, Rodney, thank you so much for taking some time out joining us here on Iron Sports. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. So, Ira, you want to touch on anything with uh, Bama here more, or you want to move on? Let's move on to Kentucky and Mississippi. Yeah, let's talk about this one. Um, wasn't expecting this either, so tell, get us caught up with uh, the 17 versus 14. <sighs> really, what happened here is Mississippi's favored by 6.5. Kentucky was 7th. Mississippi was 14th going into the game at Mississippi. And this is a game, if you're a Kentucky fan, you had the ball twice at the end of the game going to going to score, and you fum- and Will Levis, who was everyone's talking about. Supposed to be an NFL quarterback. NFL quarterback, former Penn State, who I have no idea why he's on at Penn State right now, <laughs> is um, fumbles the ball. And they feel really bad, and a big win for Mississippi. And uh, it was, and their quarterback is Jason D- Jackson Dart, who is a former USC quarterback. Used, the former USC quarterback, the, the pit quarterback, Keaton Slovis, a former USC quarterback. Jackson Dart's a former USC quarterback. Yeah, the whole, like, landscape of college of us, former USC quarterbacks. But Kentucky missed a 39 field goal and two extra points in the first half. They fumbled the ball and they barely lost this game, but a big win for Mississippi and Mississippi State playing well too. This is like, boy, that it's some of these teams and, and Lane Kiffin is doing a great job there and you really feel bad for Mark Stoops at Kentucky because this is a game that, that they should have won. So you, you brought up Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and this is, talk about a season out of control for A&M. 
Well, it's out of control. They've lost Apple's estate. They're now we talked about they're going to play Alabama. They're 24 point Good luck. Yeah. And then they lose they lose to Mississippi State. Uh 42-24. Game was even close. Mississippi State under Mike Leach is playing great too. So this is one of those things where Jimbo Fisher did the coach. He's the highest paid second third high pay highest paid coach in college football. Did a lot of talk before the season. And these recruiting classes, another thing this says is you can recruit, but the transfer portal might be more important than the recruiting classes now because you're bringing 18-year-old high school kids in. But if, the, but if these teams are able to then bring in transfers that work, like you see what's happening at USC, that's more important than recruiting. Let's talk about uh, LSU-Auburn. I love this game. The two Tigers, they're playing against each other. I remember I was at Auburn for that game. Uh, LSU went in there. And Brian Kelly you know, struggled that first you know, that first game. 4-1, and one, though, now. But they were down to Auburn but came back and won that game. And LSU is looking like Kelly is is really improving. And his team is is playing better. And Auburn, uh, Brian, if, if Matt Rule's seat is hot, Brian uh, Harson's seat at Auburn has to be. It's not even hot. I mean, I think he's done. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean they, they, they have such a great fan base there. And they're so – they don't – he's from Boise. State, he wasn't even someone in the SEC, and, and they just want him fired. And what about our Florida Gators? They won. They beat Eastern Washington 52-17. Game was moved. They're 2-2. Two and two, And now they step up. They play this Missouri team. They better be ready. I'll tell you what. I watch Missouri play. They better be ready for Missouri because Missouri is going to play really hard this weekend. I might in Gainesville. Taking a look at the ACC. Saw a, another highly ranked matchup. Uh, number 5 Clemson versus number 10 NC State. Yeah, well Clemson ends up winning that game 30-20. to 20, And this Clemson, you know, last year was sort of a down year with just a couple losses. This looks like back to Clemson and Clemson old. They've now won 37 straight home games um, and they look like they're, they've now put a stranglehold of the ACC at least the conference or conference to, in terms of playing in the conference championship game but they put DJ Oluga I, I can't pronounce his name correctly their quarterback 21 of 30 2 and 9 one touchdown ran 14 times for 73 two touchdowns he has struggled last year but now he looks like he's playing great uh, great leader on that team and uh, they had a nice story about Brian Breezy who is uh, their, one of their star defensive players who didn't play in this game whose sister unfortunately passed from cancer and this team when you watch that on, on game day when they showed it this team is a tight team I mean this team they, this Clemson team I, and when I watched it I, I don't think Dabo Sweeney will ever leave Clemson I think he loves it I think and there's this team could be special I they're good they, they probably are going to be playing in the uh, you know I think they'd be one of the teams to play in the four teams in the playoffs so Florida State really came out hot Ira and then stumbled this past week no Wake you know Wake was up 28-7 and started third third quarter Florida State came back but uh, it was I mean Florida State was favored by five and a half in this game Wake had just had that tough loss on Clemson this is a win that you, you wanted Florida State going undefeated to win it was, a, it was a bad loss at home I had friends who were at that game uh, very deflating that, that Wake actually came out and played so great Tim Hartman played well but uh, you just you're hoping for a big win from Florida State in this game and, and it didn't happen let's go, go to the Big Ten Ohio State does Ohio State things Ohio State is looking amazing. They were no, they're not playing any of their players. Like Smith Dejinga, who's one of the top wide receivers, but the top wide receiver going to be drafted in the draft. Traven Henderson, their star running back, he didn't. CJ Stroud only played part of the game. They still blow out Rutgers. Ohio State's defense looks great, and I think that's what's scary. I mean, it's like they're just rolling and rolling, and rolling, and they're not. What I like about it, it seems like they scored every touchdown, every possession, and they don't let the other team score. And they are. This is a different Ohio State team. If you're thinking 
this Ohio State team, I don't think they're going to get upset. Like, I think they're just going to roll through and we're going to play Ohio State. Now, they play Penn State at Penn State October 29th. I'll be at that game. I don't know what I'm nervous. I don't know what Penn State's <laughs> going to do with them. Um, a lot of people were, were worried for Michigan here facing off against Iowa. Thought it could be an upset, but no, nah, Michigan did what they had to do. Michigan is great running. And Blake Corum now, every game he's rushing for like 150 yards. Um, Iowa just can't score. And J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback's playing great. Michigan's rolling along. And again, it's like this next few weeks, Michigan in two weeks plays Penn State. Penn State's going to be at Michigan. I'll be at that game. This is the test. It's going to, it's really, with Michigan State being awful, it's going to be Penn State, Michigan, Michigan. They all play each other. We'll see what happens. So just a couple of minutes left here, about two minutes, Ari, you want to fly through any of the other, these other games? Penn State looked absolutely horrendous against Northwestern. They had turnovers. The weather was terrible. I have friends that went to every single game for, I think, the last like 100 years that were tailgating outside. It rained so hard, they decided not to go. And they're hunters, too, which I couldn't <laughs> believe, which they didn't even go to the game. And uh, Penn State had just fumbles, 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 and it was just it was a weird game, and they ended up winning. But uh, but terrible, terrible performance on their part. Uh, Illinois, Brett Bilna goes to Wisconsin, and, to, and where he coached before and left, Beats Wisconsin. What happens when you lose a game like that? Um, they had, what was it, 137 yards rushing for Illinois, two for Wisconsin. They fire Paul Chris, their coach. So it's like <laughs> every week you're going to have one of these losses. Minnesota, which had played so well this year, Muhammad Ibrahim, their star running backs, gets hurt, does, doesn't play in the game, and Purdue upsets them. I was shocked by that. It was, uh, it was, uh, that was a, to me, that was a big, a big upset. And Michigan State got blown out by Maryland in 27 13. Michigan State, a team that had were in the top like six or seven when the season started, they're two and three, and Mel Tucker is struggling there. Uh, run to the Big 12. Oklahoma State is really the team you have to remember. Spencer Sanders, a quarterback, has been playing great. They upset Baylor. This was the Big 12 championship game last year. And now Oklahoma State looks like they're going to win that conference. Oklahoma, another team, again, coming into the season, people thought it was going to be great. They got blown out by TCU, 55-24. I mean, people had Oklahoma winning the national championship, and they're, they're terrible. Um, and Kansas, the game day, TCU is going to be at Kansas on Saturday. Game day is going to be there. It's one they haven't been there. There's like six places they haven't been at Power 5 conferences. Kansas is one. They're going to be there. They're 5-0. and oh. We talked about Lance Leopold. I call him Lou Leopold. Lance Leopold, their coach, has just done a great job. Jalen Daniels, a quarterback. Kansas 5-0 oh for the first time since 2009. And finally, uh, UCLA beat Washington on Friday night. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson is so much fun to watch their quarterback. They are exciting. And USC uh, beat Arizona State. And at the end of the year, that USC-UCLA game, if they're undefeated, that's going to be super great. What are we watching next week? Um, <clears throat> next week, the big game, I, I would say Texas plays Oklahoma. That's going to be interesting. Texas minus seven. And then take the, we talked about the Florida State's at NC State. I might go down to the UNC. UNC plays Miami. Must win for Miami to win that game. That is just crucial. Tennessee at LSU. Going to be an exciting game. Tennessee's the big surprise team. Yep. They're playing great. It's going to be a crucial game for them. We talked about the TCU, Kansas, Missouri, and Florida we talked about, and uh, Texas A&M at Bama. Aaron Judge now 0-2, and he seems to be stalling out here at 61. Just shows you how hard it is. I mean, I saw him hit 60. That seemed like a month ago when yeah. he hit 60. He hit uh, 61 in Toronto. I mean, every time it stops, I've been going watching that game. I don't think the pitchers are pitching around him. I do think he is pressing. He's still getting lots of walks. But it just shows you, it gives you more appreciation. I, I want to say this, Barry Bonds. Look, he he was hated, and he still hit 73 home runs. And I don't know how he did it. And that's how it makes more appreciation for Maris when nobody wanted to pass Ruth, and he hit 61 at the on the, the last game mm -hmm. of the season. Um, I... 
Honestly, I think they, you know, they. I think they should rest him a game. I, I think that they need to. The Yankees want to win, and if he hits sixty-one, he's tied Maris. It's good enough. I, he might if he hits another home run, hits it in Texas. But I think he needs a rest to get in. I, I think this is too much pressure, and I think they are putting too much into this. And now he's down to three eleven. He's not even going to win the triple. Maybe not win the triple ground because a row, a row of, of yeah. Minnesota is, is leading that. Um, let's talk a little about racing before we wrap it up. Uh, Formula One in Singapore, uh, Sergio Perez, Verstappen's teammate won. It's almost like they were trying to have Max Verstappen win it. There's like four races left, but in Japan because they drive for Honda. So next week they're going to be in Japan. So it's going to for him to win. And NASCAR, Chase Elliott won in Talladega. Big scandal though in NASCAR because the drivers do not like their car. You get you have concussions. We're talking about concussions in the NFL. They're talking about concussions in NASCAR. Two drivers, Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch, did miss the race because of concussions. They don't like the stiffness of the car, and so they want something for safety. But uh, the next week is going to be at Charlotte. They're going to uh, uh, shrink the field from twelve to eight drivers in the playoff chase. What are you doing this week, guy? I haven't decided yet. Maybe go Sunday. Penn State's off. Steelers are Buffalo. Maybe go Sunday to see Tampa Bay versus Atlanta in Tampa Bay. I love going to the Raymond James for those games. So we are out of time. Thanks so much to Kyle Eckel, Also Rodney from Tider Insider. He's Ira on Mike. Let's talk next Monday night. It's Ira on Sports.